like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. to get going so thank you both for joining me after a, a, a long day outside in the wild with children um and it's very exciting to hear a little bit about that but i guess before we get to the nature play stuff uh, i just want to know and be able to share with all of our listeners of which there are going to be so many um how you came to be in early childhood how did you end up here doing what you're doing <laughs> we were talking about this um, I've been a teacher for 20 years now and early childhood was what I, I wanted to do because I spent a lot of time babysitting and everyone said you'd be a great teacher. And what I really wanted to do was write children's books and be an interior designer. But I think I got all of that out of early childhood. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done everything from teaching primary to playgroups, you know, and everything in between, long daycare, family daycare, year one, two, prep, kindy. Yep. Mm. Still love it. Still love it. <laughs> Excellent. And what about you, Narelle? I was in Sydney and I had very young children and uh, ran some uh, minor playgroup in Sydney. And then people would say, you're so good at this. That when I moved up here, I didn't know that I needed to work. I thought I would be a lady of leisure. As we'd all love to be at times, I'm sure. <laughs> so um, my dream when I moved up here for the tree change was to be outdoors all the time, gardening, working with animals, uh, painting, um, crafting and being outside in nature. And so when I needed to work, I just found a job that was all of that, which was family daycare. Yeah. Playgroup. So started that way and then over the years evolved into what we have now. Excellent. Is, yeah. Which is everything. So tell us, tell us all about what you have now. Tell us about the amazing things that you do. In the intro, I talked a little bit. Um, about what you do in terms of nature play programs, but I will well and truly have undersold it because I think uh, just from what I see on Facebook and on Instagram and, you know, I, I'm always following and seeing little snapshots, I think, oh, it just looks so idyllic and amazing. Um, so tell us about that. How did Bird Wings come to be? What's Bird Wings all about? How did you get to do what you do and be outside all the time? Well, when Narelle and I were both running our own family daycares, 
from, from our own hands. We would get together and um, I'd bring my playgroup to her place as well and she'd bring her family daycare children to my playgroup. And, um, and we would play together and just really got on really, really well and, and enjoyed being outside together with the children and just thought that it should continue. And I did have a little crazy break where I went back to primary school and... Uh, <laughs> just and a little one. <laughs> <laughs> and I lured her back to the bush. <laughs> Dragged her back. I'm sure it was not kicking and screaming at all. <laughs> and we just... Narelle um, was spending much more time down in the bush with her children. Uh, they, they wanted to stay there all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. So from the farm, we used to have an adventure every day to the creek. And the children would say, why can't we stay here all day, Narelle? And I thought, yeah, why can't, why can't we? we? Yeah. yeah, good point. And so we did. <laughs> and then over the years, that evolved as well. And I guess... It's society's need that has evolved with us as well um, to be more and more in nature. And, you know, on Fridays we run a group for school-aged children, five to ten years of age, and that's um, even in a bit more So the conditions and the terrain and the wilderness is a bit more than what we usually do during the week. Monday. So it's kind of upping that, upping the ante a little bit as the children yeah. become more comfortable and they get older and they start wanting to explore that bit more. Yeah. Have adventures. Yeah, it's like yeah. proper adventures. Yeah. Real adventures. Yeah. So what age groups do you have? You do programs with various age groups. How does that work? Lots of different programs. Yep. So we've got play groups. Yep. Three play groups. Um, they're mobile, they move around and we explore different nature areas around the Gold Coast. So, and it gives families a bit of a, a catalogue of places to go and visit on the weekend. Absolutely. And you're finding, you know, why do you think there is so much of a need from families? You know, there seems to be more and more families who are looking for that. And I think you just touched on that too, Narelle. You know, it's a societal thing. People are shifting, I feel, towards or back towards nature play and being outside and just that real simplicity. Why do you think that's happening? Because I think Jim and I have talked about it because we, we do a lot, a lot of reflection and chat a lot about children. And, and it's funny you say, that about, you say that about doing a lot of reflection. I can imagine, though, that it's not a lot of... Um, you have to sit and write a certain number of pages and fill in boxes. Oh, and <laughs> no, our reflection is a conversation. Absolutely. And isn't that funny that it can just be that? Your reflection can be a conversation. Yeah. So we've reflected on why it is and what is, why is the need there? And we really feel that our generation, we grew up, Jen and I grew up, um, we were the people that went outdoors and didn't come back until we were hungry. Absolutely. And they didn't know where we were. They knew we were outside playing. We could have been at anyone's house or we could have been down the creek mm, or yeah. um, in the room in the neighbourhood. Yeah. 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 And then the people who come to our playgroups now, not all of them, but a, a section of people out there who have very small children, they, unfortunately, we really feel that they missed out on that. They yeah. have that freedom. Yeah. But they know that their children should, but they're a bit unsure 
um, because they didn't have it and they didn't have it growing up, they're unsure about how to do it for their children. Yeah, and so there is, there's, that, there's that fear and that need, I suppose, to be stepped through it. And I guess that's where playgroup sort of comes into play because families feel supported to explore outside. They're not just rocking up to the bush and going, okay, well, what do I do now? Yeah, they wouldn't even step foot in the bush if, if we weren't there. Yeah. They wouldn't because they're afraid. They're afraid of spiders and snakes and what if something fell from the trees and the weather and what about when you play with water and, oh, my goodness, now you're doing fires? <laughs> <laughs> but I love that even though they're afraid, they're still prepared to take that little leap. Oh, you know, yeah. It's exciting. It's fun, you know, and we do nature crafts with them well so we're teaching families how to play with what they find yeah which is, is, is providing a skill and a tool for when you go into nature with your whole family that you can teach this and play this together and I think that's important because so many people say that that they get out into nature and go well what do I do now that I'm here yeah. What, what do we do in this space? How do we play together? And they kind of go, oh, well, I guess we'll go for a bushwalk. But I guess after that, what do we do? Uh, we, have, we now have you know, parents turning rocks over to find out what's underneath the rocks. And yeah. Learning how to make paint out of the stones that they find and beginning to identify some of the plants in the region. Or their children will. Their children yeah. Will because we go and we find ones we love to eat. So they go and yeah. find them too. Yeah. Learning a lot more about their ecosystem as well. Absolutely. Oh, yes, we love doing that. <laughs> Rolling down grassy hills is very, very, the, the value in that is very underestimated, I think. <laughs> Even for adults. I think it's important that as adults we get to roll down a grassy hill every now and then. And I suppose that's one of the things that you would experience. And I know for me, uh, on the days that I get to go to Timbernook um, to our outdoor programs, I benefit so much from that yes. as a person as an adult you know that that time spent just outside and just being and slowing right down and do you know the people that come to play groups they think they're going for their children but they're but going for themselves they're going for them as well but they don't work that out for a few weeks yeah <laughs> or some of them say after the first day Wow, that was fantastic. I had a really good time. Yeah, and that's it. They don't even say, I, oh, my child had a great time. It's, I had a great time. I had a good time. Yes. That yeah. was fun. Yeah. And I, it's all right for adults to play. Absolutely. And I think that's it. It's bringing that realisation back to adults that you can just play. You don't need to have a long-winded schedule of activities to do with your child and they don't need to be off to lessons and programs and this and then followed by that and oh. to be able to have a rich childhood. Goodness knows. <laughs> when a couple of parents do start instructing, Mm, I, like <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that goes down very well. <laughs> and I suppose along those lines, what are some of the challenges you face? You already sort of talked about, you know, the families who have fears and come into the programs with fears and, you know, maybe hesitation around what their child might be uh, involved in or what hazards might be out there. Or what are some of those challenges? Yeah, it would be one of those types of things, the helicopter people that do like to guard their children against all those scary things that are everywhere. Um, convincing them that it's okay, children are really, really capable 
and yeah. if you let them be, they can show you. Yeah. Or, you know, walking on, on the rocks. I will actually, when they're holding on for grim death, in case they fall, I'll go and adjust their hand. Yeah. It's actually easier for your child if you just hold on really loosely, then they'll start to use their own body to balance. Yeah. You won't get a sore shoulder and they'll be learning and take it really slowly. It's, it's that scaffolding, I suppose, for families too, isn't it? You know, scaffolding their skills in working with their child in the outdoor environment, I suppose, is really important. Yeah, good. Uh, uh, maybe at first they think I'm a bit bossy. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be worse. What other sort of challenges? Have you had snakes and spiders? And Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I have seen some footage of a really, really large python. Yeah. Yeah. And That's a great story. <laughs> I loved that. I saw it and just went, oh, amazing. Because you could tell that it wasn't, oh, my gosh, we're terrified. We need to get out of here. We're not going to come back to this spot anymore. Or, But it's just actually, you know what, this is a part of their space. Yeah. Oh, and we're absolutely fascinated by everything that we see and everything that we discover. And we give it space and we, you know, we're not going to go and pattern yeah <laughs> but we're not going to be scared about it because then we're teaching those behaviors to children yeah when you see something like that you should panic yeah but you don't yeah you and don't. that's it i think children having the experience you know or the opportunity to be out in the wild and to see hey you know these are some of the spiders that we have these are some of the snakes that we have this is what i can encounter when i'm out there it prepares them yeah, you know, they need that preparation. We live in Australia. There is dangerous stuff. Yeah, well, we love finding the spiders. They're not yeah. dangerous, the spiders. No. No. Fishing spiders, and they're fascinating. Ooh. We're looking for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're off on a spider hunt. Excellent. So are there any other challenges? Um, obviously, you said about um, the families and kind of that interaction with the playgroup. With your school age kind of programs, are the families still present or is it just the children? Just the children. Just the children. Do you find that different? Do you find that leads to something different than when the families are there? Oh, very different. We've got a child culture happening then. Yeah. You know, they don't feel restrained by what they feel that they should do. Yeah. Um, and we always tell the children, we're, we're not actually your teachers. We're, we're your mentors, so we're here to guide you. Uh, we're here to keep you safe, uh, but that's about it, really. You know, you yep. just stay, and uh, when that realization clicks in, they they make really good decisions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So something at the start of the day, they might say, "What are we doing today, Jen?" Mm. And so we quickly reverse that mm. back. Mm. I don't know. What are you doing today? <laughs> and I think that's it for a lot of those school-aged children, particularly if they're in uh, kind of mainstream schooling. I know we experience that uh, with timid children who are in that kind of typical mainstream schooling find it a little discombobulating when they first come. And it's like, actually, no, I'm not telling you what to do. And, yes, you can just go and explore and it's kind of up to you. And they kind of hesitate at first and then once they settle in it's like they've never been in something anything like at all different yeah and even though most of the time they know our rhythm um so a couple of children who like to know exactly what is happening 
um, sometimes check in with us and say, when are we doing craft? Yeah. No, we might get to that. We might not. It depends on your play, really. Yeah. What you're doing. And if you get to it, you get to it. If you don't, you might not. Yeah. And that's a challenge for this particular child. Yeah, and some children, I think, do find that hard. Yeah, they like to know, what's what am I doing? And I suppose in a lot of cases, because they are so scheduled, they like to know, all right, well, if I do this, then I do that, then I do that, and I'm done. You know, I've ticked it all off. I know. But yeah, that can be hard. I know. Yeah. to take a, a breath in between and um, stretch out your time and, and enjoy yourself. You're yeah. Explore and do something new. You're allowed to just... Lay on a rock and soak up the yeah, sun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. We find that the, some children, we've got a, a range of children from those who haven't started school yet, so they're just the year before prep. And then there's, we've got homeschool children as well, and children who are on a flexible learning plan with their schools. So there's a big range there, and we're all fascinated about each other and, and, and why they're all there and, and what they do if they're at school or not at school. But um, for every child, when they realise that they have the freedom to make decisions together as a group, it's not like everyone can go off and do their own thing, you know, we yeah. know as a group what to do. Um, you're either a little bit, a little, like I said, a bit discombobulated, a bit kind of, I don't know what to do with myself. Or you have way too much freedom and you don't know what to do with that either. And it's just awesome. It's <laughs> 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 two extremes, isn't it? Well, we just make decisions and we're just going to go with this and then we do this and, and it all sort of works out together. And you see children start to relax in the environment. Mm. Once they get over that, then the next challenge for the children is to learn how to be in a wild environment. Mm. Um, and that can be quite a big thing too, because you've got to walk on uneven ground. You don't really know how long the walk's going to go for. Sometimes we're out for three hours before we get back to eat. We're yep. by then, so we're also a bit grumpy by then. Then <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's all those challenges to overcome about how to manage yourself, how to manage your emotions, about how to plan at your time or how much food you're going to eat before the walk, because you know that you'll be pretty hungry. Um, getting organised is a big one. Yep. Um, making sure you've got all the stuff that you need. They're all the things that we leave to children to do. Yeah. But they have to learn that sometimes the hard way as well. Yeah. And that's it. It's I forgot that. I don't have that and I wanted that, but that's part of it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose we've sort of talked about the challenges. What about some of the things that you've learned about children, um, particularly about how children play or how they learn or how they connect with one another or with the environment during your nature play programs? We've learned that they're very, very capable and they constantly amaze us, which yeah. causes us to want to learn more about the theories of play. Um, so we constantly do PD and, and our own reflections yeah about look at that did you see how they did that and this one was doing this and this and this and yeah the reflections are great we yeah. learn from them every single week and sometimes we can't work out what's going on and we just have to watch for mm. a while and talk about it and think until it becomes clear yeah yeah, yeah I love that um what about any 
stories or standout moments, things that have happened that uh, you touched on the snake for sure. I, I can tell there's a story <laughs> yeah. in that. Um, any, any of those standout things that you go, yeah, that's the thing that really epitomises what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, well, it would be the snake story. So we've seen lots of snakes, and but this one stands out because it was quite funny how the children reflected on that. Uh, so the following week, they said on the walk, hey, Narelle, I wonder if we'll see any snakes today. I wonder if, um, do you remember that time where you pushed us all out of the way? <laughs> what are you talking about? And they said, yeah, yeah, that time when you pushed us. Oh, no, I don't push anyone. What are you talking about? And it was, I made a big scoop of the yeah. children. There was a python right next to the track. And, and how was big was this python? Absolutely massive. I'm sure this is the one I've seen a photo of and went, oh, my goodness. Or it might have even been a video, I think, of yeah. this python. Huge. Absolutely massive. Like, so thick. He was as thick as your leg and would have been more... As long, as long as me. Oh, yeah. possibly longer. And uh, the children were walking next to the track and nobody saw the snake <laughs> except me. And I just scooped them all around and out of the way. So at least six children I scooped. And then I said, and they were all... Oh, I think there was a bit of backpack yanking. As yeah. Well. <laughs> like, oh, back here. And then horror, like, what are you doing? Pushing up. And I said, well, look, what's here, children? What's that? And they all went, Because <laughs> he was really big and he was right on the edge. Yeah. It was hilarious. And then, yeah, I took a video and watched him. And we watched him slither away. And then the rest of the talk for the whole walk back was hilarious about, oh, Narelle pushed him out of the way. <laughs> and wasn't he big? And it was really great. Such great learning. And that's it. I think people underestimate how much learning can come from those little things, you know, or not so little in the case of the python, but, you know, those moments that you didn't plan for, you know, yeah. they just, they happen, they're there, and, you know, you couldn't have planned for that if you tried. And no, yet, but what happens now, Nicole, is that that story gets retold every time we walk past that place. So the children that experienced that, that was last year. Some of them, a lot of them have moved on. But some of the children who are still there tell it. Yeah. And then a lot of them have moved on. But now we have children who weren't even there. So it becomes, it becomes kind of like the folklore of the, or yeah, the history of, of the program, doesn't it? Yeah. It's these moments it that... A great deal of importance on our story keepers. So yes. Any person of any age can hold the wisdom of the experiences that we've had together. And in fact, our most experienced story keeper for a while was our youngest yeah. at four and a half. She'd actually been in the program for longest and she'd held all of those stories. Yep. Yeah. And I know that's something for her to be able to share those with older children and stand there and tell them, this is what you need to look out for. This is yeah. when we were walking past this place. Yeah, and I know that is something that you, you know, value quite highly. Um, I know I've actually seen you talk about that in, term, in PD, Jen, about storytelling and that value of story and that, you know, listening to you talk about that really resonated with me and I know I've spoken to a few people since who've actually done that workshop with you and said how valuable that was to realise just how important story is. Yes. 
you know, and I think seeing that in action in your service, in your program is, is just worth a million bucks. Yep. All the time, whether that be formal stories that we tell or these incidental moments that we work with children as young as 18 months. You know, they're keeping these stories. They don't have the words for them yet. They might have a few words that they might say at this spot when they see something that they're remembering that experience. Yeah. Still keeping the stories alive. And it is amazing. I think people underestimate how much young children do take on those stories and those experiences and will revisit that sometime later. And it can take a while as an adult. I know um, with my own daughter, my youngest, sometimes she'll say something. I think, what is she talking about? And then when I kind of can piece it all together, I'm like, that is from so long ago, but it obviously made an impression that impacted on her. And it's been something she's kind of just gone, well, I'll hang on to that and I'll hang on to that for later. And when it's relevant, I'll draw that back out again. Well, those little ones, they're wired to learn. You know, everything they experience, the learning experience, it's all new when you're yeah. So from, from 18 months, they can totally be story keepers. Absolutely. They're so observant mm. that you're right, that those things that they notice might not come out until they have the right words for them, perhaps, mm. or until they're triggered by another experience and they remember that memory and can share it. Yeah, I love that. Oh, you make me want to get outside, although it's it's going to get dark here shortly, so I don't think I should probably get out in the bush now, but it makes me want to go outside. Um, so before we do wrap up, uh, the last question is something that I like to ask everybody who I've interviewed so far, um, and it's who or what, top three things, it's hard to pin it down to three sometimes, um, inspires you in your work? Well, and Share those three things together, or you can have three things each. That's fine. <laughs> We're both really inspired at the moment by a podcast called The Forest School Podcast. Yep. And Excellent. Yes, and it's by the children of the forest. And uh, we really love how they reflect on their practice, and it really resonates with us. And we're learning a lot just from listening and thinking about their conversations that they have. All right, I'm, I'm adding it to my list. It's the yeah. Forest School podcast. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> All right. They're, they're quite funny and, yeah, they remind us of each other. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who would be who. <laughs> and uh, another inspiring person is, what is her name, sorry? Erin Kenny. Erin Kenny. Yeah. Cedar song. Because she was a bit maverick and she started something new and different at a time when no one else was doing it. Yeah. She did it with such deep spirit that really resonates with us. And, and she did it because she felt she had to do it and she couldn't not do it. And I think I admire that as well, that need to, I'm going to push the boundaries, but I can't not push the boundaries. I have to do that. And she listened to that. I think that is a, it's such a beautiful thing. And that very much resonates with us. We can't do anything else now. Yeah. What we need to do. And children deserve it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They do. They deserve it and they deserve people who are prepared to do that for them. Yeah. You know, and I think it's, it's sometimes it's hard, and especially when you have got to go a bit rogue, you know, you've got, to, you've got to go out and do your own thing or invent something that doesn't exist or you're putting something out there and people are going, you're doing what? 
you're, you're watting with children. Where are you going? How are you going to do that? But I think you need to do that if you really strongly believe that that's what children deserve. Yeah, we do. Really, yeah. Really All right, you've got one society, more. Society demands it. And just because the laws or regulations or the government hasn't caught up with the world trends and the way uh, society is demanding it, we're here to help. Excellent. And, and the government will just have to get on board and uh, listen to the people. Well, I think people, it's kind of like, um, you know, they say about ethical shopping and things like that. Vote with your feet. You know, if people are showing this is what we want, then the message starts to get across. And it really is kind of, I think, you know, nature play is still a bit of a grassroots kind of movement at the moment, but I think it's growing momentum. More and more people are talking about it. It's becoming more kind of normalised. I know there's a lot more public events happening down here. You know, councils are sponsoring events and things like that where it's kind of bringing it out into the open so people don't have to hide the fact that they're off bushwalking with children or, you know, it's, it's actually making it the norm and I think that's you know we need to keep doing that because as you say there are there is that government pushback and there is you know I know working with services who find it really difficult sometimes to work within the regulations and still be able to do the things that they want to do but you need to push back you know we just need to keep pushing back and pushing back and doing the things that we believe in so it's it's really lovely to see that you're both doing that on a day-to-day -day basis. I think we've gone beyond nature play, though, um, because children do deserve it and because the world is changing and because of climate change, we don't know the future of today's children. Well, we do, actually. It is going to warm to two to four degrees. We do know that. That's a fact. Yeah. And these children will need to be able to cope with change. And the way you do that is to intuitively connect with nature. And that's what we're about. Yeah. And I, I read that on your website and I actually um, recorded my little intro just before and read that little section off your website about that. And I just went, that sums it up beautifully. If that doesn't say what you want for children perfectly, then, yeah, I don't know what does. So you've got one more thing that inspires you, one more thing or person. Who is it? What is it? Oh, probably Richard Lou, the last child in the woods because there shouldn't be a last child in the woods. No. <laughs> no, it's a pretty sad thought, isn't it? Well, if we can help it, we're all going to be in the woods. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's it. While ever there are people out there who are advocating as you are, and I think a big part of that's, um, you know, sharing what you do. And I love seeing, you know, little snippets of what you do online for that reason, because I think it speaks volumes about, you know, how important it is to be outdoors with children to actually just get back to that really simple play with children. Yeah, and we hope that it does inspire people and we hope that they can then pressure governments and pressure the people in their areas to make it happen all over Australia and all over the world. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. So if people want to find out more about bird wings and all the wonderful things that you offer, where should they go? Instagram, bird wings nature. Facebook is just bird wings. And uh, we have a website as well. That is. Yeah. That's it. They'll find you there. And otherwise, they'll find you out in the wild somewhere. 
Yeah. <laughs> They'll just have to hunt you down outside somewhere. We're, right. we're a bit hard to reach when we're in the wild. We don't like to use our phones. <laughs> and I love that. I think that's good. It really sets that tone. You know, I think how can you possibly get back to that if you're constantly checking emails or on the phone or you just can't. Yeah. So in order to connect, you need to disconnect. Disconnect. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's good and we'll go with it anyway. I love it. So thank you both so much. As I say, you've had a long day outside. You'll be able to go and relax now. And I'm very much appreciative of you joining me on the podcast. No, thank you. Bye. Need more Nicole in your life? Here's how to find her, inspiredec.com, inspiredec on Facebook, or at inspired underscore ec on Instagram. You can also visit playvolutionhq.com slash podcast slash inspired to leave a comment or ask a question. Thanks for listening. Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.